Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Now, I am not reintroducing the idea of purgatory. But on the other hand, I do believe the baby was thrown out with the bathwater. With that came a belief. When you die, you're instantaneously and magically made perfect. The soul of someone who dies immediately goes into eternity. There is no place where you make up for your sins. There is no purgatory. In the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Frio. You are going to love this. If you love satire, this is Wretched Radio. Have your Monday, Thursday celebrations been less attended than they historically have been? Are the kids less excited about focusing on the night Jesus Christ was betrayed as our Passover lamb who died to forgive us of all of our sins? Then we here at Wretched Radio have just the ticket to reinvigorate your Monday, Thursday, prepare to meet the Passover penguin. That's right, Pete, the Passover penguin. We have a mascot that you can rent from us here at Wretched Radio to have one of your, hopefully, elders <laughs> humiliate himself by wearing the Pete the Passover penguin costume and Burging into the kids' classroom and throwing Snickers bars at all of the children. They're going to love it. Love, love, love it. And they'll want to come back next year. And if you say, well, that takes care of Thursday. But what about Good Friday? I say, don't you worry. We're also renting Good Friday Frank costumes. It's a Western character. Don't worry. They aren't real firearms, even though it is an evangelical mascot. The kids. Ah, oh, they're going to they're going to love it. And your elder can actually ride into the Good Friday celebration on a horse dressed as Good Friday Frank to amuse the children. And you say, I've had enough of this satire. It's actually agitating me as well. It should. So might I ask, what are we doing with an Easter bunny? What in the world is the church doing incorporating something so worldly into our high holy holiday just released a video on the subject mm, is it a good idea to be doing an extravaganza an easter egg hunt and having an easter bunny show up at your church and while i would not say that a church has apostatized because they do i would simply challenge us all why do we have anything a part of our holidays including christmas by the way that detracts from Jesus. We, we don't need to amuse children. That's not what church is for. That, that's what PBS is for. No, that's a bad idea. Forget that idea. There's all kinds of ways for kids to be amused and entertained. Might we perhaps rightly conclude after decades of amusing children and youth groups during the church service, pulling them out so we can do little whiz-bang fests for them, and looking at the fallaway rates, that it just hasn't worked. And furthermore, might I suggest to you, I would, I don't know that I could, I could say this definitively, but I, I, I can't help but think of the offense to God that we bring in fuzzy characters. Because why? Because why? When I introduced Pete the Passover Penguin, you go, not who? Do, what do you think you're doing? Good Friday, Frank, you're out of your mind. Well, then why do we just generally accept the idea of the Easter Bunny? 
This should be the week that we are focusing on one, and that is Jesus Christ. And I would simply suggest, without pointing the heresy finger at anybody, then maybe, just maybe, we'd be doing our kids a favor by rejecting worldly trinkets and amusements and saying, no, 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 we got something better than a bunny, a penguin, or a cowboy. We've got Jesus Christ, and we focus on him. And as long as we're talking about Holy Week, there's no excuse, my friend. This is the week where evangelicals can can just lay down all of their concerns, all of their fears, and potentially all of their excuses and witness to somebody. You say, why this week? Why would this week be easier than other weeks? Well, because I've learned from experience that it's a piece of cake to simply say to a complete stranger, hey, do you know what Sunday is? Uh, no, I guess it's Easter. Oh, right, right, right. Do you celebrate Easter? And you're off to the races. It simply doesn't get any easier than that. Okay, maybe Christmas. Hey, do you know, what, do you celebrate Christmas? Why? What, what is the significance of that holy holiday? And you can share your faith if you have the evangelistic heebie-jeebies. And frankly, we all do. I grant you. I do, too. Went out to the campus yesterday. I go going, <laughs> this is going to go. If the Lord doesn't provide people, this could be a disaster. And I'm going to get sunburned and never get to share the gospel with anybody. We all get a little bit anxious about it. I'm simply suggesting to you that this is the week we need to lay down our excuses and get on it. The world needs it. The world needs it. Okay, if this doesn't prove it to you, a transgender is now a spokesperson for Budweiser. Okay, the world needs the gospel. That's what I'm saying here. <laughs> Unbelievable. And it's frankly easy. I did it yesterday. It, it, it's a fascinating. I was out at the campus yesterday, witnessed to six kids. And you go, well, that doesn't seem like a lot of people. Well, it was when each one of the witness encounters is 20, 30 minutes long. And I was able to use Easter to just get right to it. Just get right to the business. Hey, so how's about the Masters Golf Tournament? Do you play golf? You ever had a hole-in-one? Do you want to know something better than a (laughs) hole-in-one? And you desperately try to find a segue from a secular conversation. You got it laying on a silver platter for you. So I'm standing there. We're looking for kids to talk to. Lovely day. And I can't help but notice the the glare of the sun and the reflection off of their crosses hanging from their necks. Hello? Hello? What are you begging me? Same thing with tattoos. I see a cross tattoo or a Bible verse tattoo. That is, to, This is how I translate those, those symbols. Witness to me! Talk to me! It's an invitation. And what do you know? With the, I think it was two students that we talked to that had crosses. They, they really didn't get it. They really didn't understand it. I was reading, I think, I don't know, a Christian Post article, somebody making the comment uh, that most people in Western civilization, including Christians, do not know the real gospel. And I know that to be true. Yesterday bears that out. Not that, when was that? A week or two ago was in, a, in, in an Uber. It was a pretty long ride. So yeah, I started out with some chit chat. 
this and that, how long you've been doing this, whatever. Hey, being in the South, do you go to church? And it's not like the lady went, how dare you get out of my car? I know where this is going. Just asked a question. And the next thing you know, I was able to share the gospel with somebody who had been going to church her entire life and never heard the gospel because I shared it with her. And when it was done, she said, how come nobody ever told me that? I said, well, well, I thought you went to church your whole life. I have. I've never heard that before. Oh, no. How many churches just assume or how many churches just kind of march through the, the, the Christian dance on a Sunday morning without actually stopping to go? Do people get it? Can they connect the dots? Do they understand why Jesus Christ actually died for sinners? And that, by the way, could go for your own children. Make sure they know it because most people don't know the gospel. And even if you live below the Mason-Dixon line in the Bible Belt, like we do, you've got oodles of professing Christians who wear Christian symbols around their neck and have no idea about their significance. And something else, too. There's, there tends to be trends whenever we go to the camp. We kind of see themes that seem to resurface. And, and the, the, the one that popped up yesterday was people hearing the gospel and they responded. There were two of them that responded by saying, okay, all right, then, then, then I, I guess I'll, I guess I have to think about trying harder. No, 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 no. And I'd explain the gospel thoroughly, but that doesn't mean that people get it. And so I had the joy of saying, oh, my friend, hold on. This is so much better than what you're understanding at the moment. The gospel says you don't ever try to clean up your act for the sake of having God's affirmation upon you. You have it because of Christ. He's the one who accomplished it all. When God sees you, if you are in Christ, he sees Christ. Therefore, you have God's benevolent smile forever. Why? Because of everything that he has accomplished. And it was an absolute joy to share with these young people. And I'll tell you, they, they're grateful for it. They really are. Because it's it's the, the most amazing story ever, which brings us back full circle. Yep, that's right. I'm going to beat this horse just one more time. If this is the greatest story ever, shouldn't it be the most interesting story ever? Shouldn't it be more attention getting than Superman or whatever the latest superhero movie is? Shouldn't the story of Jesus Christ dying to set us free to ransom us? We're, 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 we're the ones in peril. And he redeems us. Isn't that the greatest story? If you believe that it is, might I simply challenge us all? Why, oh, why would we think about bringing in Pete the Passover Penguin, Good Friday Frank, or the Easter Bunny? This is Wretched Radio. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. 
I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at pre-born centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know, we want to give a massive shout out to all of our gospel partners. We thank you for your ongoing support. That gives us the ability to continue standing firm, kind of like a rock or a really stubborn mule in our efforts to reach millions all over the world with biblically sound and gospel-centered productions. Just to clarify, we're more like the rock than the mule. Although a gospel spreading mule does sound pretty interesting. Anyway, we're ECFA approved, which means we're super responsible with your donations. 83% of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry, spreading the gospel to millions and keeping the lights on around here. So if you want to join us by becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner, just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. And hey, we're not just plain old normal grateful for you. We're like a toddler at a surprise birthday party grateful. Let's continue standing firm together as we reach millions. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. So you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. Then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God It's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Masters Academy International. Important dates in Christian history. 1906. The Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles, California, launches Pentecostalism and paves the way for the development of the modern charismatic movement. Pentecostalism is marked by a focus on supernatural gifts such as healing and speaking in tongues. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, that went horribly awry. This is Wretched Radio. It was just supposed to be satire, but lo and behold, I go to the internet machine like I want to do to check who's visiting our Wretched.org website and why, and all of the hits on people searching for Pete, the Passover penguin and Good Friday, Frank. It was just a spoof. This is Wretched Radio, Jimmy, but it got me thinking. Uh Let's just be honest. Ministries need money. (laughs) And I think 
I think we've stumbled into our solution here because you've got some additional revenue generating ideas. <laughs> They've got to be revenue generating about the Earth Day elephant. Ooh, the Earth Day elephant. Every greenie should be going, what? Do you, <laughs> wait, what is that after? What? <laughs> or the Kwanzaa koala. Oh, kind of hard to say, but <laughs> yeah. the Kwanzaa, even Kwanzaites, if that's what they're called, would go, what? Why are, why are you creating a mascot for our <laughs> Our holiday. But that's not even the best one. Ooh. The Sabbath sloth. Oh, because you want to rest. That's right. <laughs> don't, don't do any work. I lo- I lo- and every Jewish person would go, go away. Seriously, just go. What? Why do you need a, a mascot? There, there's What is motivating that? Our holiday is our holiday. But hey, Jimmy, just based on numbers, I think I have the big revenue generator for us. Uh-oh. The Ramadan rabbit. We've got an Easter bunny. Clearly, the whole bunny thing works. So a Ramadan rabbit. And every Muslim would say, get out. And yet, we embrace the Easter bunny. This is Wretched Radio. Hey, hey, hey. The pronoun conversation done got heated up, courtesy of Rosaria Butterfield. If you're not familiar with her, she was a practicing lesbian English professor, if I'm not mistaken, who got saved in 1999. Now she's married to a Presbyterian pastor, and she has been a thoughtful contributor to the current dialogue about LGBT, etc. issues. And she just came out. And I got to tell you, um, she wasn't unclear with her new position on the subject of pronouns headline, why I no longer use transgender pronouns and why you shouldn't either. Now that's somebody with a conviction because it's one thing to have a personal conviction. It's another thing to say, and you should too. So let's see if she can make the case as you go about the business of figuring out the pronoun conundrum that every single Christian almost is going to face. Now, you might be in a conservative ministry. You won't have to deal with this. If the owner of your organization is a genuine Bible-believing Christian, it's doubtful you'll have to deal with the pronoun business. But if you work in an organization that is following the whims of culture and progressivism, you're going to be forced to use the pronouns or get fired. And this is happening on the highest levels. It isn't just low-level workers who get a pink slip which is kind of funny, but it's high level. The the white collar folks, you conform or you're out. Now, the exception, the aforementioned exceptions, they might be erased too, because if our culture starts insisting you must use somebody's pronouns at the grocery store, if they wait on you, otherwise you are a terrorist. Yep, that's right, a terrorist, because that's what they call them in Great Britain. If you suggest that somebody isn't what they think that they are. You will deal with this issue. Let's listen to Rosaria Butterfield make her case, stating, I sinned by using transgender preferred pronouns in the past. She just flat out said, I sinned and I repent. How refreshing is that, incidentally? If you happen to be a pastor, a teacher, a parent, You've you've got a ministry of some sort and you fear ever saying I was wrong about this. Don't. We should all understand people make mistakes. It happens. Now, we've been doing this here at Wretched Radio for over 20 years, and I expect one of these years we might make a mistake, too. And we should be willing to say I biffed it. 
And we should be able to hear that from a teacher and say, okay, people make mistakes. Now, if your batting average starts to reveal you're making more misses than hits, then maybe you shouldn't be in ministry, but we should be the first ones to say, look, I was just wrong on this. And it shouldn't undermine their credibility. If it starts to happen repeatedly, then you start to raise a Spock eyebrow. If it happens constantly, well, then you find somebody else to listen to. Rosaria Butterfield having the courage. A lot of preachers won't. Here is the reason why she believes to use somebody's pronouns that aren't is a sin. Now, that's a big accusation. So here's here's the case she makes. Using transgendered pronouns is a sin against the ninth and the tenth commandments because you're lying and you encourage them to desire something that they shouldn't, which is to think that they're the opposite gender. Number two, using transgendered pronouns is a sin against the creation ordinance. God made them male and female. And he clearly defined two ways that that's a pink and that's a blue. Remember, phenological and genealogical. Your genes will never lie. If a man puts on a dress, his chromosomes are still XY and vice versa. You just, you can't alter that. And body parts also indicate you're a particular gender. Now, this is where we need to be sharp. Don't know if you saw that exchange between Matt Walsh and a man who thought he was a woman. Um, But they were in this debate about gender spectrum. And Matt Walsh was making the case, no, there's just a boy and there's just a girl. And anomalies, exceptions, don't make for a spectrum. Because that is the argument you should be familiar with it. Hey, there are intersex people. Therefore, gender is confusing. There is a spectrum. And the illustration Matt used, you can take it or leave it, was legs. We realize humans should have two of them. And when we see a man or woman with just one, what do we conclude? There's a spectrum of legs or something went wrong. That is the argument that you are going to hear if you engage in these conversations. And what Rosaria is saying, rightly so, is that God phenologically, genealogically made male and female. If we kind of play around with those clear and obvious distinctions, you're sinning. Using transgendered pronouns is a sin against image-bearing, the creation ordinance. Using transgendered pronouns fails to love your neighbor as yourself. If you're not familiar with the evangelical side that is arguing the opposite, Rosaria invokes their name. Psychologist Mark Yarhouse and author Preston Sprinkle Summarize the Christian case for transgender pronouns. They believe using transgender pronouns is respectful of someone's chosen identity. And Rosaria is going to go after this with an axe. They would say it's kind, it's courteous, and necessary for continuing a relationship with a transgender person. Oh, that's interesting. Rosaria says that doesn't make sense. Does any Christian believe crafting a relationship on lies will give the gospel a better hearing? Hey, look, I was lying to you before about pronouns. Let me tell you the truth about Jesus. Uh Uh-oh. Is that how people are converted? She cites Laura Perry Smaltz. She wrote a book. It's called Transgender to Transformed by Genesis Publishing. I know Genesis Publishing. Lynn has edited a number of my books. This is a story of a woman who was 
believing to be a transgendered man. She called herself Jake. Testosterone, gender-affirming surgeries, the whole shebang. What do you know? She gets saved. She returned to the church of her youth and her conservative Christian parents, who had never used her preferred pronouns throughout all the years that she was living with her false identity. Why? Because their refusal to lie compelled her trust. Oh, wait a second. So the argument, hey, we got to go along with the charade that so we can win them to Christ. We could give an anecdote that says just the opposite. And that means we need to go back to what does the Bible say? Is it a sin to use somebody's pronouns or not? And this is some, I got to tell you, uh, I think more and more we need to use language like this, not yelling and not sounding like we're angry. But I think this language is, is so needed. Transgenderism is satanic, writes Rosaria. We who once promoted pronoun hospitality lent false credibility to a wolfish theology that fails to protect the sheep. Instead, it eats them alive. You're going to be confronted with this issue. Jesus was a friend of sinners, but that doesn't mean we make frenemies because he made former enemies into friends by doing what? Downplaying sin? Overlooking things? No, certainly not everything needs to be dealt with up front. But he never lied to people. He confronted them with the truth of their own depravity and the salvation that can be found in him. So be careful. I understand the sentimentality of it. Hey, we got to be nice and affirming. Otherwise, they might not like us and they might not hear us. We can offer anecdotes on the opposite side, but we've got to go back and see what Jesus did. And we've got to go back to seeing what the Bible said. And I think we would all do well. I kid you not. Start the process now because you will be confronted with the decision of what are you going to do with pronouns? Let's answer that question biblically. This is Wretched Radio. Now it's time for a Wretched News Break on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, in a striking display of compassion. No, that's not the word. Anyway, CVS Pharmacy has announced that it will indeed be dispensing abortion pills. After all, nothing says healthcare like murdering your baby with chemical abortion pills, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, in the land of a thousand lakes, pro-lifers are suing Minneapolis for its unconstitutional abortion buffer zone. It appears the city forgot about the First Amendment and free speech and all that stuff. It even applies to people attempting to save innocent lives. But on a saner note, the state of Indiana has recently become the 12th state to ban sex change operations on minors, which is good news. You know, states prioritizing children's physical well-being, which is what adults should be doing, but many are not. And then a daring, well, do I call this a daring marketing move or just a dumb one? Anyway, Bud Light has introduced the TransCan with Dylan Mulvaney as their new spokes person anyway you know it's obviously a good idea because as the old saying goes nothing quenches your thirst quite like virtue signaling well walmart is saying that the majority of their stores will be automated within the next three years but before they make the big final move to include all of their stores i think they're just trying to figure out how they put all of us on the company's retirement plan 
ESPN Sage Steele has courageously spoken out against biological males in female sports, and she's urging her peers to join her. But it's crazy that she has to urge people to, you know, come around to this idea of common sense. It's not that revolutionary. In Texas, a new bill proposes requiring schools to display the Ten Commandments in every classroom. Maybe I'm torn on this, but I think I lean more towards not doing it. I understand the sentiment, but I don't want people that I don't know, especially with theology that I'm not familiar with, teaching my kids these things. And a mother was recently arrested for attempting to force her teenage daughter to have an abortion. You know, that one's not taught in Parenting 101, you know, forcing your child to end a life. And in a theological blunder, a pastor has claimed that, quote, God gave us free will, so it's okay to kill babies in abortions. No, I'm pretty sure that is not synonymous with a license to take innocent lives. And in tragic news, herdsmen and terrorists in Nigeria have killed nine Christians. Of course, as we tell you daily, please continue to pray for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. More Wretched Radio, it's straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible The Apostle Peter wrote a second epistle to clarify and defend the Christian message. He asserts the authority of Scripture, warns against false teachers, and reminds us that the end is coming. But God is patient, allowing all of His people to come to repentance. If you want a clear contrast between true and false Christianity, look to 2 Peter. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. How you doing? Great program. I really liked it. Well, part actually, of I was just wondering. Hey, you, you, you be the host. Hello. Hello, this is Wretched Radio. You be the host. Jimmy, are you prepared to choose the content for this here Wretched Radio segment? Absolutely. Let's get you warmed up to make sure that you're up to the task because you're going to be the host, which... <laughs> I've been waiting on this day. I kind of figured as much, <laughs> which might explain why my water tastes tainted this morning. <laughs> you said you got another money-making scheme. I'm all in it because, hey, ministry, they don't run by themselves. That's right. You know, private jet fuel, <laughs> it ain't cheap, people. So what's what, what's your next shtick? Well, you have to remind us what, uh, what Todd means. Ah, means fox. Yeah, that's it. Duh. So our... Duh. Are you familiar with nominative determinism? Absolutely. But you tell me what it means. Well, no. <laughs> I want to see if you know. <laughs> Try that with a professor sometime. Uh, Mr. Friel, do you know the uh, the celebrated date of the French Revolution? I do. But why don't you just go ahead and tell the class? It doesn't. Yet, uh, do your kids get away with that? No. I don't think so. <laughs> so where were you at midnight last night? Well, I know, Dad. But why don't you tell me? nominative determinism it's it's really a more respected field of study than i think warrants merit the idea nominative name nomenclature nomus you hear in there name determinism that your name the meaning of your name determines who you are so for instance my name is todd and todd means fox which, if you believe in nominative determinism, would explain 
why I look the way that I do. I'm kidding because the Fox thing means that you're wily or you're crafty. And so I'm wily and crafty because that was my assigned name at birth. That's nominative determinism. So what's your foxy idea? That's why our mascot needs to be the uh, the, the wretched red fox. No. Why? Absolutely not. Why? Uh, hello. That would be diminishing from the real fox. <laughs> That's what's wrong with this. So what do you say, Jimmy? Let's go get some Reese's peanut butter cups, chocolate eggs, and put on a Easter bunny costume and go to church. Yep, that's right. I'm beating that horse. Here we go. You ready now? Hey, how you doing? Great program. I really liked it. Well, I, I was just wondering. Hey, right, hey, hey, you be the host. Hello. Hello. All righty, Jimmy. Here is option number one. You pick what we are going to make our way through. Uh, you've got yourself a trans pastor preaching on Palm Sunday. <laughs> In Fargo, North Dakota, no less. Did I just read correctly that the North Dakota legislature has passed a number of well, I don't know what you call anti-transgender mutilation legislation. Eleven. Eleven of them. Uh-huh. Salute to North Dakota. Uh, what is a trans pastor doing preaching on Palm Sunday in North Dakota? Because it's Lutheran land. And it's such a liberal stream of Lutheranism. The ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, very popular in Minnesota, Wisconsin, North and South Dakota. Chris Roseboro drives him nuts, I'm sure. But that's why he's, an, he's, an, he's a Lutheran pastor. We could talk about that if you'd like, Jimmy. That's option one. Okay. Option number two, we could go back in time and we could see the rules in 1872 for one-room homeschoolhouse teachers. That sounds kind of interesting to me, if you don't mind. But you are the host. or. Oh, boy, we could listen to a trans activist on MSNBC. We could we could certainly do that if you'd like. Or we could talk about what happened on the Country Music Awards. Yeah, that's uh, probably right up your alley right there, isn't it? Uh, Did it uh, <laughs> what happened to country music? Well, uh, I don't think that is uh, I don't think that's common. I think that was. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny because whenever I'm flipping by on the TV and I see one of these national awards shows, whether it's TV, the, uh, um, <laughs> clearly <laughs> we're not going to be getting one of these. What's the, t- uh, the Grammys though, the Tonys, the, the Emmys, the Emmy, what's the TV ones called? Uh, the, the Emmys. Uh, yeah. Is yeah, the but, Emmy, the, uh-huh. the TV thing are called the Emmys. Okay. I like to just stop just for a few minutes because What you will see is either where we are or more likely where we're headed because they're always trying to push the envelope. And at this point, the envelope doesn't exist anymore. Okay, everybody, it's like, we get it. We've pretty much seen everything, although we haven't seen everything. Did you see the story, Jimmy? I think in Denmark for children, this was for kids where adults literally stripped naked so that they could explain transgenderism. For children, the Country Music Awards, to everybody's, well, to perhaps some of our surprise, was a glimpse that I didn't expect to see. You watch these music shows and it's like, oh boy, we're in big trouble. Oh boy. But I watch country music and I didn't get to see the, was it RuPaul's Drag Queens dancing with whoever the host was? I'm not familiar. Kelsey. Kelsey Ballerini. Kelsey, but she's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Okay. For now. Well, she was hosting it and she danced with some drag queens. Yep. 
I didn't catch that part, but I did watch a couple of minutes of it and I, and I couldn't help but come away with, wow, if there was anything wholesome historically in country music based on that representation, even country music is waking up. It's a nightmare that they're waking up to, but they seem to be moving right apace with the pressures and succumbing to the demands of our culture to be woke. But we've talked about that now, so that's not an option. What are we going to do? Trans pastor, trans MSNBC, or are we going to go back to 1872? Let's go back to 1872. Uh, so glad you said that. Here we go. 1872 is the year. There were rules. And you say, wow. These rules seem extraordinary, but they didn't back then. Why? Because they saw a teacher as playing a very key role in a community. They saw the teacher being the one who supported the values of Christian families predominantly. They wanted teachers to not undermine what parents are up to. And so they wanted teachers to be models. And those who went into the education field, they weren't doing it for money. They weren't doing it to be libertine because here are the rules. Number one, teachers each day will fill lamps and clean chimneys. Two. Each teacher will bring a bucket of water and scuttle of coal for the day's session. They had to do a lot of work back then, them teachers. Number three, make your pens carefully. You may whittle nibs to the individual taste of the pupils. So, you know, shaving, getting them ready for the kids. Huh? Can't the kids nib their own pencils? Number four, men teachers may take one evening each week for courting purposes or two evenings a week if they go to church regularly. Number five, after 10 hours in school. Whoa! After 10 hours in school, teachers may spend the remaining time reading the Bible or other good books. Number six, women teachers who marry or engage in unseemly conduct will be dismissed. Every teacher, seven, should lay aside from each day Days pay a godly sum of his earning for his benefit during his declining years so that he or she will not become a burden on society. Eight, any teacher who smokes, uses liquor in any form, frequents pools or public halls, it's the music man, will be given an increase of, no, well, uh, sorry, I jumped to number 10. I don't have my glasses. Can I blame the sunburn for my reading? Disorder. Any teacher who smokes, uses liquor, frequents pool or public halls, or gets shaved in a barber shop. What? I didn't. Huh. Will give good reason to suspect his worth, intention, integrity, and honesty. Fascinating. And then the teacher who performs his labor faithfully without fault for five years will be given an increase of 25 cents per week in his pay. Providing the board approves of it. And then they've got the rules for 1915. They aren't really all that different. Hey, what's this next story? Villanova University hosts a seminar on womanist path to ending white Christian America. Oh, that. Oh, and it's a Roman Catholic University. No less. This is the university today. Look at how far we've progressed. Teachers used to be ministers. That's how they saw saw their role. 
It, it wasn't to seek fame, fortune, power, or to indoctrinate children. It was to support parents in their indoctrination of the children. These days, the indoctrination that they seek to download to kids, this is from Villanova. Is Christian faith possible apart from anti-blackness? In this session, we'll explore this question as we contemplate the meaning of the end of white Christian America. We will study the liberative... Uh, Sick possibilities found in womanist theology, a discourse developed by black women. What is going on? This session will be facilitated by the Reverend Naomi Washington Lepart. Reverend Naomi is an ordained minister, justice advocate, public administrator, and adjunct professor of theology and religious studies at Roman Catholic Villanova University. Hey, look at how far we progress. Nice work, education system. This is Wretched Radio. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined yeah, we can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Have you ever felt like you're on an emotional roller coaster? It's okay to admit it because we've all been there and some of us are there now. Well, saddle up, buckle up, strap up, whatever it is you prefer. Just tune in to Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford. It's the podcast you quite possibly have been waiting for because it's the place where anxiety, loneliness, depression, and fear come face to face with the Bible. And don't expect Dr. Gifford to just read scripture. No, he wrestles with it and applies it to challenges we all face. Trust me, this podcast, it's a game changer. And it must be for me to say game changer because I loathe that phrase. But that's exactly what Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford is. It'll help you and it will empower you to help others too. You'll be throwing out biblical wisdom like you're in Solomon's Court. New episodes, they drop every Saturday morning at transform.org slash podcast or wherever you usually listen to podcasts. Trust me, you'll be glad you listened. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? 
Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the seed of the woman. Immediately after the fall of man, God promised a savior who would be the offspring of the woman. Jesus was born of a virgin, a divine savior born of the seed of woman. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. The Navy has more problems than the village people. This is Wretched Radio. It looks like the Navy is following the trend of the world. Uh, Sailors that are very suicidal. That is why the headline from AP News reads, The Navy is hiring more chaplains. Why? For suicide prevention. We've all been bombarded with the statistics. Why? Because it's everywhere. And if you and I don't ask our kids if they've contemplated taking their own lives, I think that we are unwise. Just leave it at that. I don't think that we're wise because so many kids are willing to profess quite liberally. Yeah, I've struggled with this. Yes, I've actually thought about doing it. And this might be a question that you could ask a younger person. I'm not sure this is a good one for somebody who's an older millennial or maybe a baby boomer. They might find it rather offensive, but not Gen Z and Gen X. They are they are basically have been informed by society uh, that we should be very therapeutic in our conversations and our willingness to be transparent. They have very little difficulty in sharing what is going on in there. Because they don't see any stigma with struggling with an issue or with an emotion. And they, they're willing to answer the question that this particular Navy chaplain, having seen thousands of sailors, just flat out comes out and asks the sailor when they come to him for some sort of therapy, why haven't you killed yourself yet? That is a pointed question. Now, you might think it's just a little bit brash. Okay, But I think we can be asking that question to people or at least asking people if they've contemplated it, thought about it or know somebody who has. Next time I go to university campus, I'm telling you, I am going to ask that question. I'm going to try to see if kids are willing to share what is going on in there. Because the reason, in my estimation, we have so many people who are suicidal is because we are living in a hedonistic world. If atheism, if godlessness, or even postmodernism doesn't just put the gas onto a nihilistic worldview that really should conclude with the mantra, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. I'm telling you, these kids, it's amazing these unbelievers, they go to university. What's the point? Why are you doing any of this? And those who are thinking recognize there isn't one because they don't know Christ. They don't know that there is a purpose in life for the believer that colors everything. And so it is. Suicide rates way up, including the Navy. Now, the world, which goes about the business of promoting depression and anxiety because of its worldview, they've also got a solution I'd like to introduce you to your new therapist, Chatbot. That's right, Chatbots. 
are being used for therapy. And apparently it's growing. There are 300 apps just for anxiety. Computer programmer Eugenia Kaida is the founder of Replica, a U.S. chatbot app that says it offers users an AI companion who cares, is always there to listen and talk, is always on your side. And that's what makes a chatbot not necessarily a good thing. We should always be on the side of the counselee, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't have the courage to speak truth to the counselee. And you're going to get the version of truth that was programmed into the chatbot. That's that's the danger of chatbots. They're only as good as the one who programmed them. And so that is why I continue to think, I, I, I know there's a little bit of angst out there that, yikes, where are we going in a world where computers are becoming like humans and transhumanism? And I see that there are some dangers, but these these programs have to be programmed by human beings. I just don't see that they're going to be like a Will Smith movie where chatbots are roaming the earth and they're killing human beings. I, I don't see that happening because they can't operate without programming and we're the ones who program them. And these days we're programming chatbots. Really interesting, really, really interesting. Right now, depending on the chatbot you use, you could actually get a pretty decent sermon out of them. They're a little bleak. They're, you're, they're good. People are going to want to put their little personality into it. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a proliferation of plagiarism like a nobody's business as if it isn't bad enough already. Launched in 2017, this particular AI companion has 2 million active users. This is when the Christian should be applying the verse, being wise as serpents, gentle as doves. We do not become all things to all people in that we change church, we change the message, but we should be aware, not just of things that might agitate people that we would just dismiss because we don't want to set up a stumbling block. We want to adopt the cultural norms so that we don't stick out like a really painful sore thumb. But we should be aware of what the world is thinking. And I'm telling if the Navy gets it, we should be getting it too. And the only cure for depression and anxiety is Jesus Christ. You're out of alignment with your maker. You are at war with your creator. Now, for those who are in Christ and you still struggle with this, that that too is your ongoing solution. It is just an increased ongoing reliance that Jesus Christ is satisfactory and that his promises are true. And I recognize that there can, it's the exception, but there can be some physiological issues that cause a great deal of depression, and you should have that checked out. But I'm not talking about believers. I'm talking about unbelievers right now. They, 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 they can't have hope. Well, I mean, they can have the cross your fingers kind of hope. Cross your fingers, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. Maybe this will turn out okay. That is not Christian hope. A Christian hope is a verity. Christ has risen. He has defeated death. He has promised, I will be a conqueror over death, and I will get to gasp, reign with him forever. That is true. That is most certainly true. That is the Christian hope. The world doesn't have it, and they're not going to get it from a chatbot therapist. Speaking of which, talk about a tragic story. You'd almost like to think that this was satire. A Belgian man 
This is the story. He ended his life following a six-week-long conversation about the climate crisis with an artificial intelligence chatbot. Jimmy, has that story been debunked yet? Uh, I, I don't know if it's been debunked. This is These are the details. It's a possibility. Maybe just do a quick Google at the place where they tell you if it's a spoof or not, but I don't. I don't think that it is. This is from Euro News. This fellow was in his 30s, a father of two young children. He worked as a health researcher, consumed by his fears about the repercussions of the climate crisis. Now, you might think that's extraordinary, but kids are feeling that too. We have political leaders and Leonardo DiCaprio saying, hey, next week, we're all going to be dead. If we don't fix the climate, you're going to die. Hey, that doesn't promote a whole lot of joy. And the kids feel that they are that bakes into them. They hear that. And this guy apparently got in real deep, consumed by his fears about climate crisis. He found comfort in discussing the matter with Eliza, a chatbot. That's that's sad. It's really sad. When he spoke to me about it, it was to tell me that he no longer saw any human solutions to global warming, his widow said. He placed all of his hopes in technology and artificial intelligence to get out of it. Ah, there's some theological language. There's some biblical counseling lingo for you. Placing your hope or having something besides God be your primary fear. Jesus warned us, do not fear global warming. Do not fear man. They can just kill you if you think that global warming can. Fear God who can kill you and send you to hell. It is a misplaced fear. And I'm afraid uh, this sadness has made its way into the church. Our kids are not immune to this. They're told that they evolved from goo. They're just lucky. And that gender is fluid. And, and we're having them sit on the laps of drag queens. Don't, don't tell me there isn't an effort to try to bake that into our kids' brains. And just saw, I think it was from Not the Bee. There were these two boys, seven, eight years old, sitting next to a guy, a total freaky caricature of a woman. And it's a dude dressed up like a woman because, you know, that's how all women dress. If you're doing a drag show, I guess, or working at some weird club in Vegas. Otherwise, it's just a caricature of a woman. And he said to the boys, everyone should try drag at least once. Oh, okay. So they're getting hit by that. They're getting hit by evolution, anti-God messaging, and the threat that global warming is going to be our Armageddon. Is there any wonder that people are depressed? Jimmy, is that thing a hoax about the guy in Belgium or not? It looks to be true. Okay. One, let's grieve. This is sad business. Whether they're in the Navy, in Belgium, in the church, it's just sad. But let us respond now with courage to counter the messaging that is leading so many to despair and finding the courage in our time to proclaim the solution to their depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideations. We should be able to do that at Easter, shouldn't we? Until tomorrow, go serve your king. 